Your Brain on Weird is recorded in private homes, in a state where marijuana is recreationally legal. This show's content is intended for adult audiences only. To your brain on weird. I'm Sam. I'm Jess. And yeah. <laughs> this is like the most awkward part. It's like, what do we I know? Do we... I'm never gonna get it. This is a show about everything spooky, paranormal, crazy, slightly weird. Yeah. Yeah. We just cover yeah. everything. And then we hit you with some marijuana education at the end of every show. Education. It's going to be a great time. It's going to be great. Yes. How are you? I am apparently a lot more stoned than I thought I was um, like five minutes ago. (laughs) I think that's what I'm having trouble with right now. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for laughing. I just no, like really fine. I just Absolutely like laugh. really appreciate your honesty. <laughs> I um took a hit of my bong before we started recording and I singed my eyelashes a little bit because I used a brand new lighter. And uh yeah, I'm doing great besides that though. Okay. This yeah. is so sad. That is so sad. Sad react only. Please. Sad reacts only. Please be respectful of Sam's eyelashes. Thank you. In this trying time. Uh, but yeah, besides that, I'm great. All right, good. I was I was gonna say at least I'm telling you some stuff today, so you can just you can just sit back and relax and just you know have a snack. Is it too early to have a beer? Because I don't have any coffee left. I mean, it's one. I feel like, okay, I feel like after noon, it's acceptable. Okay, noted. Especially during quarantine. Yeah, right. When you got nothing else to do, if you are not planning on going anywhere or driving later, then why not? You I'm know? Not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how are you doing? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, I'm feeling actually a lot better since the new moon happened. Um... I was struggling for a bit there. Relatable content. Yeah, but it was really strange because yesterday I woke up and I felt fucking awful like I have been for the last, I don't know, week to two weeks, just been waking up feeling like crap. And uh, yesterday I like woke up feeling that way. And then around like one or like one thirty, I started to feel way better and like got up and like started doing stuff and like was in a way better mood. And I was like, what time is the new moon today? Like, Googling it, and it was like 1.34 or something like that. And I was like, this checks out. <laughs> so. <laughs> All right. Well. <laughs> and then one of my friends texted me this morning being like, hey, uh, I know yesterday was a new moon. Can you, like, send me some information on that? And I was like, yes, of course I can. So I've just been I've just been uh, excited and happy that things are like turning around. I feel like hell yeah, hell yeah. And I'm also really really excited to talk about this thing because I didn't think I was gonna be so excited about it. And then once I started researching it, I was like, holy shit! So I'm really excited to hear about it. Uh, yeah. Um. But before that, a 
How is your water intake? My water intake? <laughs> I actually have had an entire full water bottle this morning. Got him. And half of this again. Nice, 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 nice. So I'm doing great. It's doing great. Sick. How are yours? <sighs> how is yours? How are yours? How are, are my you hydrated? How, how are my hydration? Um <laughs> I've drank I've drank half of my water <laughs> bottles, but but I've only been awake for like an hour and a half and I have like been slowly slowly sipping through my coffee and my water oh okay i see i woke up at like <laughs> 9 30 so true i woke up at nine and i was like well i don't really have anything else to do <laughs> so i'm just gonna go back to sleep for a few more hours yeah and then I, I re- and then i regretted it once i got up because i was like shit now i only have like an hour to do all this stuff <laughs> before we record uh the mistake i make <sighs> every week so i decided to actually get up this week and i didn't even fall asleep on the couch which i did well done twice (laughs) hey are you uh are you still down to record oh yeah sorry i fell asleep (laughs) sorry (laughs) i'm not even mad when that happens though i know it's like whatever sure it's it's always like slightly after i like we scheduled to record you know it's it's like it's like 15 minutes later you'll be like whoop and i'll be like okay cool yeah it's fine (sighs) oh anyway one thing i do want to say though is um i have still been sleeping like shit but i was gonna say i did i am going to go get a like sleep study done uh sometime in the future oh yeah pretty cool yeah, I saw that you posted about that. And maybe they'll tell me why I can't sleep at night. Yeah, that would be really cool. I think that's a really good idea. Yeah. I feel like that'll be really beneficial for you. I think it will be. Where is it? Uh, if, I can, if I'm allowed to ask. Um, It's just like next door from the doctor's office, basically. Word. Word. And that is a couple towns over. Cool. Okay. Yeah, so I'm excited Neat. about that. But then... I've also been just having some insane dreams, and I know you have too, and we've experienced some synchronicities. With our dreams, yes. With our dreams, and with real life. It's been crazy. Yeah, Um, it's been very strange. Yeah. Do you want to start out by telling me the dream that you had recently? Yeah, so, okay. So, first of all, I've, like, started trying to, like, become more aware of my dreams, I guess, Um, and, like kind of starting to try and influence when and like how I dream. Um, And one of those things, one of the things that's been helping me is some people out of a Facebook group I'm in decided to start like a dream study. And so we've all been focusing on this one subject or this one image in order to try and like see if we can send each other messages through our dreams by interacting with this entity essentially is what we're doing. I know it sounds Sick. fucking bonkers, but No, it sounds great. These are hell your people, if that tells you anything. Oh, okay. Yes, it does. It does. Yes. So um it's like a little experiment. And so I've been like journaling and I've been like meditating on certain subjects before I fall asleep, trying to like kind of focus my dreams into a certain like I don't know. Direction. Inf- yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, in a way, I think it worked. Maybe not last night because I didn't really try it last night, but the night before because I like, I don't remember what exactly I was like trying to focus on, but it was something related to this like dream study thing. And 
it was almost like I was having dream after dream after dream, but I was only getting little tiny bits and like bits and pieces out of those individual dreams. Yeah. yeah. I don't really, I don't really remember anything specific besides being out in a river and swimming, like in the middle of a river and somebody else was there with me. I don't get the feeling that I knew this person. I kind of felt like maybe they were like my guide and they were in the water with me and we were swimming in this river and these two huge snakes, one of them was yellow and one of them was orange. I dream in color, by the way. I know that's like a thing. Some people dream in black and white. I've never heard that before. We can talk about this eventually. But yeah, I guess some people specifically only dream in black and white. Some people only only dream in color. Some people like depends on like the situation yeah, yeah. Anyway, Crazy. So, okay. So there was one huge orange snake and one huge yellow snake. And I was swimming and I they came up next to me and they got really close to me and like to where I got kind of uncomfortable. So I I I specifically remember and this is like the weirdest part. Okay. I specifically remember I I stretched out my hand and I I've worked with snakes before. So I kind of like know where what you shouldn't fucking do. And I kind of put my hand underneath its head, which by the way was the size of my hand. So I put yeah. my hand underneath its head, like underneath its chin, and I just kind of pushed it away because I was like, you're getting a little too close, buddy. And he just kept coming for me, and I kept just pushing him away and pushing him away and pushing him away. Weird. And, like, that was essentially my dream. Wow. <laughs> was me, like, swimming and, like, and I, it was so weird because I could feel, like, the scales. Like, if you've ever touched, like, the scales of a snake, I could feel that, like, on my hand. And I could feel the pressure of, like, the soft part underneath the snake's, like, chin. It yeah. was so weird, dude. It was yeah. really fucking weird. Um, and since then, I've had a few, like, weird things come up with snakes, specifically, like, yesterday. I don't, I, like, oh, God, I need to start writing this shit down. I really do. Because I don't remember exactly what it was, but I kept seeing stuff about snakes. And I was like, okay. Well, yesterday morning, I went out into my garden oh. and I saw yes, my you. snake friend. I've also named him Henry. Oh. And he's just a little garter snake. He's black and orange. But yeah, yeah, I tweeted about that because I've seen him a couple of times and I love him. Yeah, that, yeah, because that's, yeah. Why, that's why I like responded and was like... um, Oh, I had a dream about snakes last night. Oh, shit, snakes? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I did not attempt to touch Henry. I just waited for him to leave and then yeah. watered my garden. <laughs> That's fine. I'm sure he appreciated that. I'm sure he didn't really want to be touched anyway. Neither did I, which is why I was like, excuse me. Excuse me. I don't want to be Please touched. Please don't come so close to me. <laughs> so I've been trying to like analyze it and figure out like what it could mean. And like I have a few theories, but of course it could mean like literally anything. Yeah. 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 I was going to say like snakes are also like a thing for me, but I feel like there's very few animals that like aren't a thing for me anymore. Yeah. But me too. I love snakes. Yeah. Me too. The cool as fuck. Yeah, yeah, and that's why I, like, wasn't bothered by them in my dream. Like, I wasn't, I was just kind of like, bro, you're really fucking close to me. Like, stop. <laughs> Give me a break, please. Yeah. Anyway, um, you tweeted something this morning about the dreams that you had last night, though, and I was like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> yes. So, as we all know, I dream in epics. <laughs> that's true. That's a very good description. Yes. Some people dream in color. Some people dream in black and white. I dream in epics. I dream in epics. <laughs> it, it is, and it is like an epic because like every 
dream I have is all connected, but there are sections of every dream. Yeah. Um. So <laughs> my dream themes from last night were dragons, punching through walls, past lives, and missing time. <laughs> and bonus, people I haven't seen or talked to in like years and years. Yeah. Um, like a girl that we used to go to school with, Monica. I had, She was in my dream. Oh, interesting. Um, okay. Hmm. Yes, it was very strange. That is very strange. So it started out where um, I was in like a hotel room that was like pretty high up in a city, but all of the surrounding city was like East Asian architecture. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it was like a really, really, probably like Japan, but like a lot less steel skyscrapers and stuff. Like they all had like the slanted roofs. Yeah, and... like the traditional Japanese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, that's sick. Yeah, it was really sick. Um, and then like we're walking around on the roof and in the distance I see two dragons and one of them is blue and one of them is silver. I didn't know that dreaming not in color was a thing, so. Okay, cool. One of them was very, very blue, which was very cool. Yeah. And they were, like, starting to attack the city, and they were, like, burning everything down, and they were specifically looking for our group of friends. So, we, uh, yeah, I don't know. We were just, like, a group of friends, and there was four of us, and I don't know any of the people that I was with. I don't remember who I was with. Hmm. But the dragons were, like, chasing us as we were, like, jumping from rooftop to rooftop and, like, Parkour! bouncing off, like, awnings and shit. Like, hundreds and hundreds of feet in the air, though. It was crazy. It was so crazy. <laughs> and, the and like, once we got inside, the dragons were, like, like looking through the windows at us. <gasps> and, um, because dragons are really smart. They're way smarter than humans, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so they'll know how to find you. But, like, up close, like, their head was the size of, like, like the whole window, basically. And yeah. And I just remember that being so vivid. Like, I could see each scale, like, on this fucking Oh, yeah. Um, <sighs> Weird. We got separated. We were two and two. And they chased us into a Victoria's Secret. <laughs> And then was like, if you come back out this door, I'm going to fucking kill you, basically. Um, so we started, like, we found a bunch of hammers and started, like, hammering through the wall to the store next door. What the? Okay. In the back of this Victoria's Secret. Yeah. And yeah, um, I was just, like, ripping out chunks of drywall. Um, and then... Our friends are digging from the other side, too, and we can hear them talking. So we're like, oh, good, like, let's dig together and yeah. like, bust through this wall. And then on the other side of the wall was someone that I haven't talked to since, like, freshman year of high school. Yeah. It was, so that was, like, well over, like, 10 years ago. Yeah, that's weird. And so that was really weird. But the other side of this wall was a mansion. <laughs> And so... Dreams, man. You just, like, suddenly you're in a mansion. Just fucking. Yeah. So I went and me and my friend, we went and we both grabbed our swords because that's what kind of dream this of is. Of course. Of course. Yes. <clears throat> yeah. And so two of us go up the one staircase and then the other, uh, the other two go up the other staircase. 
And then me and my partner like split off to go start searching like individual rooms. And I'm like poking around and I was like, holy shit, like this connects to a dream that I have had before. Like I've had a dream in this mansion before. Oh, I love when that happens, honestly. Yeah, but I was a different person in this dream and it was like abandoned. So it hadn't been lived in since my previous dream. Yeah. When I lived there. Weird. Yeah, it was really weird. So I was like, oh my God, all of this is so familiar. And I was like walking around and like, I like go back downstairs and there's like no one there. And I'm like, where is everybody? And I like sit down and I'm like waiting. And then someone comes through the door and they're like, oh my God, Sam, you're back. And I was like, what do you mean? And they're like, you've been gone for days and days up the stairs. And I was like, I was up there for like 20 minutes. What are you talking about? And they're like, yeah, like- Your friend, his name was Alex at this point. Alex hasn't even come back yet. Like, we don't know where he is. And I was like, oh, my God. (sighs) And that was the end of my dream. I don't know what happened to the dragons. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Interesting. Yes. So. Interesting. Lots of weird (laughs) themes. Uh, The past life thing really, really got to me. I was going to say, that's probably like the heaviest part of that entire thing. Yeah. I was like, I haven't. I've never dreamed about anything like that. And it was creepy because, like, the room was, like, an attic room. And it used to be, like, kind of nice. It was, like, homey. But it was, like, just, like, the mattress was, like, still sitting on the ground. And it was, like, rotting. It's, like, like, falling apart. Falling apart. And there's dust and cobwebs. And it was, like, really, really surreal. And I was, like, holy shit. Like. You got the feeling that, like, that was your, like, that had been your house. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I've lived here before. Like, what happened? And like, oh, man. I woke up and I was like, I got a lot to think about today, I think. Correct. (sighs) Well, hmm. Well, I hope that was comprehensive. Yeah, no, that was. It was like, it was, that was honestly like a, I don't know, man. It seems like a fucking like medieval sci-fi kind of, what, what, okay. Question, was the Victoria's Secret like, in operation or was it like an old old victoria's secret that like it was an old one no one there wasn't like anything in it oh oh okay so the street that we were going down all of the shops were like boarded up oh okay all right um it used to be a victoria's secret but like there was nothing in it and yeah except like the dressing rooms were there and then, like, we ran through to, like, where, like, the storage would be, like, the back area. And that's where we were, like, hiding because there's no windows and... That's where you decide to rip apart the wall. The wall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. 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 Yeah. That that helps. That helps my visualization of everything. Yes. Cool. Yeah. That's man. cool. I know you're like, man, this is so normal for me. I hate this shit. But, like... <laughs> Nah, it's great. I love that shit. I have weird dreams all the time, and I just love it. My uh, my stepmom is the same way. My stepmom just has, like, the craziest fucking dreams. I don't know if I have to ask her if she keeps a dream journal. I know that she writes down some of the stuff that she dreams because she has really good ideas and dreams. That's how we named their dog. Oh, hell yeah. That's where CJ, that's where CJ got her name was because my mom, my mom had a dream that they named... CJ, Chief Justice. Yeah. And she was like, so I don't know if 
I should name her based off of this dream and name her Chief Justice or if like we should go with something else. And I think that she asked Jeff and I and we were both like, name her CJ. Like, absolutely. Like, just name her name her that. So her full name is Chief Justice, but we call her I CJ. Know. It's so cute. I love weird names for dogs. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> so good. Yeah, yeah. And so. cats too, I guess. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. Okay. Whew. Uh, dude, I don't know if we need to just make a segment on dreams or if we need to. <laughs> We're just going to have to cut all that out and put a bonus content. Uh, put it on Patreon or something. I don't know. Oh, man. All right. We'll have to see how long this episode ends up being, though, because I want people's input. Yeah. Okay. That's <sighs> Okay. Okay. Well, thank you for telling me that. Thank you for listening. <laughs> oh, also about your dream, I was going to say, was that Sunday night? Correct. Yes. Yeah. Sunday and Sunday into Monday. Was that the, so that was the night after we... Like, spent the day on the river. Swimming in a river, yes. Yeah. 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 Luckily, there's no snakes in the Connecticut River, though. Yeah. And the <laughs> other the other thing is that these snakes were, like, fucking huge. Like, they were, like, this big around. Like, the thing's head was literally, like, the size of my hand. I had to, like, literally put my entire hand on its chin to, like, get it away from me. Yeah. You're like, um, this is not the Amazon, right? <laughs> and the weird thing is that, like, I, it didn't seem like that. It yeah. felt like fucking where we were the other day. So strange. Weird. Weird. Yeah. I don't know who the, I don't know who the other person was though. Maybe Again. someone else had that dream and will hear you talking about it and be like it was me. I watched you I watched you tell the snakes to give you some space. Okay. <sighs> anyway, are you ready? Yeah, I'm I'm ready. Okay. I got a snack. Whew. Sick. I got my bong. It's a tortilla. I do love me a good tortilla. Okay, so um, this is like, this is something that's a little different. Um, You know, you can ask questions as we're talking and we can clarify stuff for you. But I wanted to talk about Albert S. Rosales's humanoid encounters. Okay. Have you heard of this? No. I had not. I had not. And I, I think that once we get into this, you're going to be like, why the fuck haven't I heard of it? Okay. Okay. This was a topic that was introduced to me by our friend Ren on Twitter. Wow. Thanks, Ren. Yes. Thank you so much. So you can write down questions as we're talking. And honestly, I'm going to do the same thing because <laughs> I'm sure that I, as we're discussing it, I'm going to come up with something that I'm going to want to ask and we can discuss it with him later. Sounds great. All right. So first of all, let's talk about uh, Albert S. Rosales. He was born in Cuba and migrated to the U.S. in 1966. He had several very strange experiences as a young man while he was in Cuba, and these experiences continued once he moved to the U.S. So obviously he became interested in what he was experiencing, so he started becoming really interested in in strange phenomena and UFOs at a really young age. Sick, yeah. Uh, In the 80s, he started to focus on collecting data on encounters with humanoids, entities, extraterrestrials, euphonauts, etc., um, for anyone who doesn't know, a euphonaut is essentially an astronaut, but for a UFO. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense to me. It does. I love that word. <laughs> me too. <laughs> um, Rosales is now the world's leading expert on humanoid encounters. Wow. His current database of experiences that he's collected has over 18,000 entries. 
What? And they're they're updated and they're corrected daily. So he's he's constantly adding to this. So it's it's already got eighteen thousand. It's well on its way to Holy being shit. over twenty k. Like just Holy shit. Crazy. Yes. Um, and he's published a whole bunch of books. Um, the series is called The Others Among Us. Um, each book covers a period of four years. So it, it'll be like 1980 to 1984. I saw one that was like things that were before the 1800s. Like mm-hmm. he's done like all different sections of years. Um, but oh, yeah. most of them are a period of four. The World's Most Amazing Humanoid Encounter Cases. The Bizarre Real Global Reports of UFO Occupants, Ultraterrestrials, Extraterrestrials, Intraterrestrials, Robots, and more. Mysterious wow. Beings, Bigfoot, Flying Humanoids, Light Beings, Skinwalkers, and Even Stranger Exotic Humanoids. What a comprehensive list. It's just fucking everything. So, um, since there are so many fucking entries... Without doing, like, literally an entire podcast dedicated to this guy, which I wouldn't have a problem doing, first of all, if I had the time. But (laughs) it makes sense to kind of, like, separate all of these encounters into, like, central themes so that we can kind of, like, talk about it and um, see, like, where if there are any connections between these individual stories, right? Right. So I have to give Ren credit for doing most of the work for me on this. Thanks again, Ren. <laughs> yes, thanks again, Ren. Jesus Christ. Um, he took PDFs of Albert's work um, and wrote a code that allowed him to put it into this giant spreadsheet, essentially. And this allows us to quickly search through his work as well as find correspondences in the data. So essentially all 18,000 of these entries are now in like a really organized spreadsheet that are, you know, by location, date, time, like everything. Hell yeah. That's cool. So Ren's goal by doing this is to be able to do things like run visualizations on whether there are more reports in certain seasons, um, you know, certain times a day, like map coordinates in order to find like potential hotspots for things that happen. And he even connected all of these events to moon phases, planetary days, and zodiac signs. Oh, shit. So he's adding in like all of the occult shit too, which is like- Oh, shit. Really fucking interesting. Love that. Love that a lot. <sighs> okay. So after Ren told me about this, there was kind of a weird line of synchronicities that led up to me picking what like central theme we looked for. Okay. First, we tried sharks. <laughs> there was that video of a hawk carrying a shark or something like that on a beach. Wow, did I you did see that? I did see that video. Oh, man. Okay. So there was that, and then something else happened with sharks. I think I was, like, fishing with, fishing for sharks on Animal Crossing or something. We had that dream about sharks last week. Yeah. So I was like, well, let's try sharks. Um, and there was only one oh. that was related to that. So I was like, okay, well, maybe later. And so I was like, okay, well, now I'll, you know, I'll, I'll let you know. I'll try and think of something, and I'll let you know if there's something else I think of. So later that day, two of our friends, um, actually Matt and Jasper... They separately tagged me in a post about Deathhead Moss. Oh, hell yeah. Okay. The post was about some folklore that was related to Romanian vampires. Oh, and moths? Yes. Sick. (laughs) There are claims that a true vampire's soul emerges as a Deathhead Moth. That's very cute. It's very goth. Yes, it makes a lot of sense. (laughs) So I asked Ren to query vampires for me because <laughs> i thought well it's moth related 
you know, why the hell not? And he just goes, this one's a winner. And I'm like, sick. Wow. Hell yeah. (laughs) So he sent me like this whole spreadsheet with stories relating to vampires with like locations, coordinates, uh, like sources and the type of encounter. He actually like put a section for what type of encounter it is. Um, I actually want to ask him about that later because there's a bunch of different types and um, I couldn't really find a key for them. So we can discuss that later. Okay. So these are just part of the very vast collection of stories, but I wanted to stick to a central theme to make it easier to follow. (laughs) So I have eight stories. I have eight stories. Total. Okay. Uh, Okay. They are in order by date. One of them is really, really, really long. (laughs) So, April 16th, 1922, in London, England, is our first sighting. A giant bat-like creature was seen near West Drayton Church. An older man who claimed to have seen the same creature 25 years before said that it was the spirit of a vampire that had murdered a woman in order to drink her blood. Apparently, the murder happened in Harmonsworth in the 1890s. I didn't look that up, but uh, nobody took it seriously, regardless. That checks out. (laughs) However, in April of 1922, there was a series of attacks which bore all of the marks of a blood-sucking assailant, quote. No way. (laughs) The city of London was on high vampire alert for a period of time. God, like the period of time that they were on high alert for jump, Jack Heel, jumping Jack, Jack, whatever. Spring Heel Jack. Yeah. Yes. Not jumping jacks. <sighs> they were on high alert. Well, I'm, I'm glad you said that because we'll get to it. Oh, sick. Okay. Um, <laughs> so during this period of time in London, several people witnessed a tall black creature with wings which it says is similar to Mothman, of course, flying around the church. They claimed that it was also, like, running around the graves in the church cemetery, just like, hey, <laughs> <laughs> And apparently uh, two policemen tried to chase after it, and it eventually let out a awful scream and flew away. Hmm. So Typical. I just imagine the... With, like, the two policemen and just, like, fucking Mothman running around in the cemetery. And then he stops and he goes, and <laughs> just like, like it flies away. <laughs> but why would he do that? Why he do that? I don't know, the man. The flair, the panache, the drama of it all. Yes, probably. Oh, man. So connected to these attacks in London, one morning at 6 a.m., a local clerk was walking into work and was suddenly attacked by an unseen form which bit him in the throat. The man had collapsed and awoke in Charing Cross Hospital, where he told the surgeons about his encounter. Uh, The doctors obviously were like, this guy's nuts, and just thought that he had been stabbed in the neck. They're just like, okay. Um, But then... Just over two hours later, another attack took place, and a second man was rushed to the hospital, claiming that he had had the same encounter at the same spot and was bleeding from the throat. What do they think these guys got stabbed in the throat with? I don't know. Okay. It happened a second time, and then it happened a third time later that evening. Wow! Another guy came in and said the same thing. So... The police and hospital staff could not figure out what had happened to these three guys, and the press took to reporting on the encounters, reporting that a vampire was on the loose. Ah, yeah, that makes sense. Yes. 
during a press conference, a reporter asked the police of a, if a vampire could possibly be doing this, and the officer replied, that's all, and ended the conference. Wow. <laughs> no further questions. He's just like, no comment. But uh, hysteria continued to rise, and there was a rumor that the police had hired a vampire hunter. That's so funny. <laughs> this vampire hunter had chased the being and eventually stabbed him in the heart with a stake, as you do. Mm-hmm. The corpse was taken to Highgate Cemetery, and soon after, the attacks stopped. So, I googled Highgate Cemetery, because obviously I'm like, is there like a friggin' grave for it or something? Um, And I came up with some folklore about the Highgate Vampire, which was actually a series of reports of activity in the same area in the 1970s. Oh. So I couldn't find any existing links to the 1922 attacks, but there was another attack, and then they dubbed this thing the Highgate Vampire in the 1970s, 50 years later. Weird. So I I, I put that one aside. I put that one on the list. For things for us to look into later. I just thought that was really weird. That's very weird. So yeah. I I don't know if there's like actually a grave for the vampire or anything, but we'll have to look into it later. Mm -hmm. Anywho, the second report that we have was in 1935 near Galen, Serbia. A vampire-like specter was reported to be haunting a small village in southern Serbia. This creature was immune to gunfire and prowled around a rural area scaring cattle. Apparently, one afternoon, several bold peasants cornered it, but as they fired at it, it vanished through a door and made three loud knocking noises. (laughs) And that was it. Ew. Specific. Yeah, very specific. I don't like the three loud, like, it vanished through the door and then knocked on it. Yeah. Like, that's so weird. Uh, Let's see. This is seven years later. In spring of 1942, in Frozon, Sweden, 12-year-old Bruno Eriksson was near Lake Storsjohn when he encountered a strange humanoid figure. He suddenly had a strong impulse to jump on his bicycle and, while in a trance-like state, retrieved a a package which he delivered to the entity. He was like, whoop! I guess I got to get on my bike and go get this thing and bring it back to this guy. (sighs) That is very... (laughs) It's very Indrid Cold-esque. Why do I, why do I feel like it's very, like... It's like... Like, I can't do this because I'm, I'm not exactly human, but I can telepathically tell you to. Yeah. Or I can make you, arguably... True. Yeah. The trance-like state thing is weird. Yeah, he's like, I kind of know what I'm doing, but I don't really know why I'm doing it. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. like, retrieving a package thing. Um, But I guess he was then ordered to to forget the incident, which I guess he decided not to, or it didn't work, or... He's like, no, actually, I'm scarred for the rest of my life. Thank you. Fair. So he said, quote, I was a victim of telepathic hypnosis by a humanoid, possibly a space vampire. What? That's the only Where did he get space vampire from? (laughs) I have no idea. Okay. So that's the only mention of vampires in this entire sighting. He's just like, it's a space vampire. Okay, maybe there is like... Uh, Nope, I got nothing. I got nothing. Yeah, me neither. You want to hear the best part? Yes. He believes that they place implants into his brain because he continued to have these type of encounters. 
does it list any more of them? I was going to say, I tried Googling his name to see if anything else came up, and I didn't find anything. Wow. So, um, this was 1942. He was 12 at the time. I mean, he's probably still alive. Yeah, 70, sure he's still alive. 80, 90. Yeah, yeah, something like that. <laughs> Math. He might be dead. I don't know. Either that or he, like, changed his name or something, but... Anyway, yeah, I couldn't find anything, so that was, uh, mm. Interesting. Interesting. So the next one was November 8th, 1967, in oh, Manaus, Amazonas, Brazil. A creature that police described as a, quote, mini-skirted vampire was reportedly terrorizing locals on the beach. What? Yes. Uh... <laughs> Okay. Several people described being attacked by a blonde-haired woman with sharp, pointed teeth, wearing a miniskirt, and black stockings. She's got style. So she's just like a fashion icon. All these people are just judging her, essentially. They're like, that's a vampire. She's gonna attack us. Mm. Oh, wait. But was she actually attacking people? So... Two small round marks were said to have been found near the jugular vein of a child that claimed to have been bitten by her. That's it. That's it? That's it. So it starts to get a little frustrating because you're getting bits and pieces of these sightings and you feel like you're not getting enough information. Yeah. Yep. But at the same time, it's like you wonder where this guy is getting this stuff in the first place. He's probably pulling these tiny, tiny, tiny sightings that people don't really pay attention to because there's not enough information, you know? And still really interesting. It's just, like, frustrating because you're like, I need to know more now. Well, okay. That one seems, uh... A little dramatic. Dramatic. Yes. Yeah. It's not like there was blood or anything or, like, there actual holes. He probably just, like, poked himself in the neck. He's like, I ought to take my vampire. Also, there was this really, like, weird-looking goth girl. So she must have bitten my son. They really hated the alt crowd in the 60s, man. I get it. (sighs) I guess so. I guess so. (laughs) In Brazil. In Brazil. I don't know. I don't know. Anywho, so, 1988. French Alps, France. Now we're going whoop. Going up to France. A nine-year-old child was sick with a very high temperature and was laying in bed with her mother. She claimed that she was still awake when she suddenly saw a very attractive adult woman, dressed in black with long hair, standing on the right side of the bed, looking at her evilly. This woman appeared to have have fangs like a vampire. The girl was scared and tried to wake her mother, shaking her shoulders and saying, Mom, there's a vampire in the room. Her mom just moaned and fell back to sleep. Checks out. (laughs) She's just like, fuck. God damn it. (laughs) Leave me alone. (laughs) We sleep. The girl shut her eyes and hid under the covers, eventually falling back to sleep, though she does not remember the strange woman leaving. Um, Sounds like sleep paralysis to me, that one. Or like just a fever dream. Yeah. However, many years later, she told a friend that had lived in the same neighborhood and the friend described encountering the same woman in her bedroom around the same period of time. Weird. So. Sounds like a series of break-ins. Remember how no one used to lock their doors? (laughs) That too. And there are some creepy people that like, oh my God, I've heard some true crime stories where like these people just break into your house and just stare at you. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I was like, that's what I feel like that is. I hate that so much. I'm just going to keep saying sleep paralysis because that makes me feel better. Okay. (laughs) It's not real. Mom, there's a vampire in the room. Anyway, next one. 
May of 1992, Manila, Philippines. A woman named Martina Santa Rosa reported that she had been attacked by a strange creature called a, oh my god, Manonongal? I'm so sorry if I'm mispronouncing that, which is a sort of vampire-like entity. Okay. She claimed that she, oh my god, I forgot how weird this one is. She claimed that she could only see half of the entity's body, the top half. Okay. And it was naked. It had scraggly hair, long arms and nails, and sharp fangs. A neighbor backed up her account and came forward to say that he had seen the creature's top half flying away from Santa Rosa's house. Ew. Why is it just the top half? Like, he has not gathered enough power to manifest a bottom half yet. I guess not. I don't know. Okay. Wait, did he attack her? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it said that she had been attacked by it, which, like, I don't know how. I like, see, this is what I'm talking about. I want to know, like, what happened. I want to know what she saw. Like, I. ah, Did it just, like, come through the wall and, like, just come blasting towards her? And she's just like, it attacked me. Or did she, like, literally get fit, like, physically attacked like i don't i don't know i don't know man i do not know (sighs) okay so this one is the really long one this one is uh forewarning is not at all relating to vampires um (laughs) it does bring them up at one point which is why it came up in this search but i don't care because (laughs) this whole entire like series that albert rosales is doing is just all humanoid encounters. Okay. And there's all these different crazy kinds of humanoid encounters. Like, I don't care whether it's a vampire or not. I still want to hear about it, you know? So. Yeah. No, I feel that. I thought about, after seeing how long this story was, I thought about just not reading it. Um, But then I realized that that would, like, literally just ruin the entire purpose of Rosales's work, which is trying to figure out where the correspondences is, are with all these, like, strange happenings. Right. So, anyway... This is March 21st, 2001. So 19 years ago, pretty recent. In Malu... Oh my god, I need to get better about this. In Russia, just gonna say that. A local man named Alexander was having trouble sleeping when a bright light flashed in his room. He jumped up from bed to see that the light was coming from a fiery, sphere-shaped object and he could see a vaguely humanoid shape inside it beginning to take form. Sounds very Skinwalker Ranchy, first of all. Yeah. Outside his window or... Uh inside it his room it's a, a bright light flashed in his room so this thing was like in his room yeah okay 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 thank you you're welcome i wasn't sure that's why i was like well we'll go back up <laughs> let's read <laughs> let's reread the words that i wrote so the light gradually dimmed and eventually he could see a humanoid entity encased in a dim glow the figure that he was seeing was that of a smiling young man he looked to be around 30 years of age average height and robust with a with black hair and brown eyes <laughs> He was dressed in a white, long shirt, and on his chest he had a symbol shaped like a purple heart. Inside it, there were two white circles. He had a purple sash around his waistband that was decorated with a golden edge. The man described that he felt total bliss, like he was, quote, flying in the clouds, until he came to the realization that he could be dead, and this was an angel from heaven. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that ruins any good dream, man. He turned around and saw his body lying on the bed and was convinced that he was done for. The visitor stretched out his hand and said, Hello, brother. Alexander kindly responded, Hello, and reached out to meet the visitor's hand. When he touched it, he felt a slight electrical charge. The man noticed his concern and attempted to calm Alexander down. He said, quote, 
Don't be afraid, brother. You are not dead. Simply, your soul has temporarily left your perishable body. You are now in the astral world. Okay. So he's like, welcome to astral projection. I'll be your host. Uh. Sick. So this kind of worked, like, Alexander started to, like, calm down, um, but he was still really concerned as to who the fuck this guy was and why he was there. As if reading his mind, the man said, I am Ram, a warrior from Raw Light. I was sent to your planet on a mission. It's aimed to help humanity make the transition and to eliminate evil on Earth. He raised his hands up and bright beams of light began shooting from the tops of his fingers in the shapes of swords. The alien then said, quote, with these swords, me and my brothers and sisters are fighting evil in the universe. One sword is universal love, the second universal wisdom, which was given to us by the sun god Ra, the god of love and father and mother of the universe. <sighs> the swords then vanished from his hands and he placed his palms on his chest while taking a slight bow. He then continued, Brother, you must not be afraid of me because I come in peace. I need your help. I see by your aura that you are a kind man and that you have a kind heart and pure soul. I want to transmit my message to the other Earthlings through you. First of all, to the Russians living in the sacred raw land. Though I do not myself, since I am a man just like you and I live on Earth, I am prohibited from doing that, since no one must know about me before the proper time. So this is already just like... <laughs> That's a lot of information to remember. <sighs> yeah, and it keeps Maybe going. Maybe he got like a pamphlet when he was done. I really hope so. See, that's the thing is like, how are you remembering all of this so well? It's very it just, specific. It's so, it's so specific. Um, Ram, this man, sat on the armchair and gestured, to gestured towards the sofa saying, now I will speak about the messages in detail. Be attentive to my words. Ask questions if there is something you don't understand. I will tell you everything clearly and briefly. So he's like, I'm just getting started. Like, this is what I'm saying, man. Like, this is a lot. Maybe he started taking notes. He's like, you know what? Actually, can I? He might have. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Or if, like, since this happened, I don't know if, like, maybe your memories, you maintain memories better when they're given to you in the astral world. Like, I don't know. Like, it, anyway. So, <laughs> the man, his name is Ram, R-A-M, went on to explain that he is part of the Warriors of Raw Light from Planet Ray, which is paradise in Russian. The planet is located in the Pleiades system in the Taurus constellation. Taurus. Taurus. Whoop. That's me. When Alexander asked if our scientists knew about the existence of the Pleiades, he responded that they did, but they can only see the stars inhabiting the third dimension. So, we cannot see star systems and even whole galaxies that inhabit other dimensions. Oh, man. <sighs> that is a mind-blowing concept. Yes. He said, quote, you don't see us the same way you don't see the astral and spiritual worlds that surround you. You are only capable of capturing radio waves, and that is why your scientists frequently confuse our star systems with, quote, black holes. Our scientists apparently also do not know about the existence of the central sun of the universe in the highest or eighth dimension. Holy shit. <laughs> He explained that the central sun of the universe has many divine attributes, signs, and names, such as the Sky Father, Allah, Absolute Nirvana, and Brahma. So, oh my god. 35,000 years ago, this guy's civilization was in the same situation that Earth finds itself in now. He called it a period of fiery transition into the fourth dimension. So, Ray 
his planet is now in the fifth dimension and they don't have evil, illness, hunger, misery, or death. Holy shit. Their main aim is spiritual self-improvement and helping in the spiritual development of others, especially who are those who are in the third dimension where evil is rampant and self-destructive. Our civilization throughout the last century has been a perfect example of that. Yeah, that... That makes sense. <laughs> so this Whoops. is all sounding like very real. Like this is all sounding a little too real. Um, but it just keeps fucking going, man. It just keeps fucking going. So on Ray, they do not have states, arms, money, prisons, or anything that causes ignorance, violence, or hatred. There is no technology to pollute and destroy the environment. They live in union with nature and the planet. That sounds great. He said, there are 144,000 warriors of light. They have the same flesh as us, and the majority of them are in Russia. Their main aim is, quote, the purification of the aura of Earth and the forces of evil. They are astral warriors, and their battles occur in the astral world. He said, when people sleep, we fight. Oh, ew. Yes. When Alexander asked who the forces of evil are, Ram replied, quote, astral creatures, which are sometimes called psychic vampires. Oh. There it is. Psychic vampires, wicked. These psychic vampires feed on the dark negative energy, which is emanated from those under the dominion of vile motives and passions. They cannot be called alive because they have no souls. Ew. Yeah. You're only alive if you have a soul? (laughs) Interesting. Anyway, um... I don't Okay, I'm just going to say it. He claims that the evil on earth is Satan, and he feeds off of the evil thoughts, deeds, and words of those who worship him. <sighs> Ram also told Alexander that the world would end on April 23rd, 2012, or the day of the fifth sun, where pulsar- pulsars from the sun would lead to the end of humanity. From there, we would ascend and transition to the fourth dimension, and a race would appear of gods and Christ-like men. He said, quote, Every one of you will become a Christ. So we're in 2020. 2012 has long passed. Um, I don't know what that's all about. I heard a theory that they just completely got that date wrong or that we are reading it wrong. Who knows? Who knows? Um, but he said that when this does happen, our planet would become the next city of light where wisdom and love would emanate to the whole galaxy. Yeah, we're definitely not in that dimension. Yep. Yeah, we're not there. Nope. We're not at all there. In fact, it's quite the opposite. Whoops. So, eventually, after all of this, Ram stood up and walked to a wall saying, come with me now, we will go through this wall. Breaking down walls, man. (laughs) Yeah, here we go. Alexander refused and said that it was impossible. Uh, And seeing his indecision, Ram said, quote, don't be afraid, brother, because now you are in the astral body, which has the ability to move through anything. Ram entered the wall and Alexander followed him into the street beyond the wall. They just went whoop. Sick. And despite it being cold, Alexander felt or felt no discomfort. Ram directed his attention toward the night sky and asked Alexander to identify the polar star, which he identified as being at the end of the Big Dipper. He then asked him to point out the constellation of Lyra, which he did not know. Ram pointed to a cluster of stars and a bright star called Vega. Side note, when we were uh, out looking for the comet the other night and I was like Mm -hmm. using my like stargazing app to look, I definitely saw like Vega up there and I was like, oh, cool, because it was one of the brighter stars. Sick. I thought that was sick. So apparently if you make a straight line from the polar star to Vega, the middle of that line is the center of the universe. So they stood there for about five minutes just staring at the night sky and Ram told Alexander that it was time to return eventually. So they went back through the wall 
and continued their conversation in the living room. So here's where this gets a little problematic, I will forewarn you. Um, I don't know if it's on purpose, but it just, you'll, you'll see why I have a problem with it. So Alexander asked Ram if their people had visited our planet before. Ram said that the sun god Ra was the main god of ancient Egypt, which was not a coincidence. Uh, 7,000 years ago in the Valley of the Nile, tall people with light skin appeared among the indigenous dark-skinned people who were hunters and gatherers. The light-skinned people were representatives of their civilization on a commission from the sun god Ra to create a highly developed civilization in the fertile Nile Valley. They taught the indigenous people to work the land, bake bread, and grow grains. After fulfilling their mission, these people left the earth, but left behind their offspring. So you can see where I have problems. Yikes. Yes. If, you do, if you're unclear as to where uh, we have a problem with this, it's that um, why would the indigenous people not have the ability to figure out how to work their own land and bake their own bread and grow their own grains? Are you assuming that these people don't have the ability to, like make technological advances. They could only do it with the help of white people. And so that's where I have a problem with this story. I have a big problem with that. Yeah. So up until this point, I was like, okay, you had me going. Like, all right. But yeah. So Ram confirmed that Egypt was the first state. And now, quote, there are representatives of extraterrestrial civilizations living on your planet. In outer appearance, they do not differ from you, but in spiritual development, they surpass you. Most of them do not realize they are visitors from space because the access of information about their past lives is closed to them. Ram says he is searching for those lonely people that have become warriors of light to fight evil. (sighs) Again, I'm just like a lot. Uh, Ram then dictated a long message about universal love meant for the warriors of light. When he was done, the lights began shining again on Ram, and he stood up and approached Alexander. He said he had to go, but asked if Alexander wanted him to return. Alexander said yes, shook his hand, and Ram vanished through the ceiling. Alexander awoke afterwards and looked at his clock to see that it was 1 a.m. He was convinced that it was a dream, but then reported it to the newspaper soon after. Okay. Yeah. He's like, I have a message. From aliens that I had in a dream. This is just so much, and it's so detailed, it confuses me why he was so quick to just go and report it. I feel like if I was forced to take something like this in, I would, like, need some time (laughs) before I went and talked about it with people. Okay. Does it say if he ever came back? No. No. Okay. Uh, That was in 2001? Yeah, 2001. Whew! So after that, whatever that was. Wow. May 2002. Barangue, Philippines. Several people reported seeing a bizarre creature described as an aswang, a winged vampire-like creature. It had red glowing eyes, long black hair, and was wearing a white flowing gown. It was seen perched on top of a bamboo tree. Residents in nearby Roxas also also reported a similar sighting. The police were called, but did not find anything in their search. <clears throat> Weird cryptid. So, that's 2002. Um, so, that's... 2002 was our most recent. Sick. Yeah. So, as you can see, by just these... I've actually read you seven. There's one more, and I, I saved it for last for a reason. You can see from these, like, seven stories that there's just, like, a crazy range of all kinds of encounters. Like, we've had, like, literal blood-sucking vampires. We've had, like, the return of spring Jack. We have aliens. We have, like, 
past civilizations, like, just literally fucking everything. Yeah. Just out of these seven stories. So the last one is, like, where I started freaking out. Okay. Okay. Uh, This is, like, why... Okay, this is where I started, like, becoming really, really, really fucking excited to talk about this, because... um, I already talked about how there was a line of synchronicities that led up to me like picking this story, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, our eighth sighting was in fall of 1942 in Provincetown, Cape Cod, Massachusetts. Wow, Jesus! So we're like backtracking now because I was in 2002, but I wanted to save this one for last. So I just think it's strange. How all of these other encounters were not even in the U.S. Yeah. Not even in the United States. Like, Sweden, Brazil, fucking London, like, and then we have literally the state that we live in. Yeah. Very weird. And you brought up Spring Hill Jack earlier. You remember the Black Flash? Yeah. American Spring Hill Jack. Yes. So, this entity was seen when a local pool shark... Wow. Shark. Shark. So here's my thing. It must not have picked up on pool shark when Ren did the search. Yeah. Because I literally asked him to look for shark. Maybe he did sharks, plural? Yes. So yeah, I thought that was weird. Um, But this local pool shark was named 8-Ball Charlie. <laughs> of course he was. He was described as being colorful, which is fitting for Provincetown. Oh, so he was gay and they yeah. just didn't want to say that. Yes, correct. So 8-Ball Charlie very colorful 8-Ball Charlie, was walking home one night. As he climbed the hill near his house, a shadow moved into the road in front of him. Charlie stopped in his tracks and stared in disbelief at the figure's size. So he must have been, like, really tall. Mm -hmm. The phantom spread his cape, quote, like a giant vampire bat, quote. It had silver glowing eyes and glared back at him from a hooded head. Unwilling to back down, Charlie cried out, quote, you better get out of my way or I'll smack you one. (laughs) Get him, Charlie. It was then that the figure attacked. Oh, well, that didn't maybe work out so well. You gotta be quicker than that. It rushed Charlie before he could react and slapped him in the face so hard it knocked him down. Whoa! The fucking slapping again. The slapping is so good, dude. It's so funny. Like, if there was anything I was gonna- I was gonna do as, like, a strange humanoid entity if I was one for some weird reason, like, I, that's probably what I would do. I would go around slapping people. Opening yes. my cape. Wow! <laughs> and just, slap. He somehow got back onto his feet and ran into his house with a black shadow at his heels. Um, so I had to go back in my notes about spring Jack and see when those Provincetown sightings of the Black Flash were. Um, and it checks out because the sightings were between 1938 and 1945. Oh, shit. So another really fucking cool thing about this whole thing is that when I did my research for Spring Heel Jack, I did not come across that anywhere. So weird. But it, it checks out. Like, it's in the same period of time. Like... It's really fucking cool, man. I guess just no one no one ever found that connection. I guess not. I thought it was relevant. Yeah. Very weird. Very, very weird. So that was kind of why I freaked out, because, like, Ren recommended this to me, completely just on a whim. He was like, mm-hmm. oh, you might be interested in this. This is really cool. And I just randomly picked a word because of a bunch of synchronicities that were happening and that I felt, I felt like, ah, oh, this makes sense. And then we just fucking all looped all the way back around to 
the state that we live in, first of all, and a story that we've already covered. Dude, the synchronicities kill me. Yeah. I cannot believe. Once again, I say it's all connected. Wow. So anyway, um, maybe, <laughs> maybe at a later point in time, we can pick like another keyword to put in and see what we come up with. Yeah, that sounds great. That sounds like something I would really like to mess around with. Yeah, you just like have a word pop into your head. Just eh, type it in, see what you get. There's 18,000. That's so many. Sure, you'll get something. Um, so huge thanks to Albert Rosales. <laughs> Huge, huge thanks to Albert Rosales. Um, This was obviously, like, a ton of fucking work, and I don't think he gets enough credit, and it, like, honestly blows my mind that, like, nobody knows that he's doing this, really. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah. Yeah, I can't believe we haven't heard of him at all. Yeah. That's a lot of story collecting. Yeah, and and it's, like, I just, like, want to ask him where, like, what his process is and where he gets, like, I just want to talk to him. Yes. So I might send him an email. Uh, but anyway, he um, he does say on his Amazon page that he wants to pay tribute to all the great authors and ufologists that came before him, such as Jacques Vallée, Alan Hynek, Carol and Jim Lorenzen, Gordon Creighton, Frank Edwards, Jerome Clark, etc. Too many to mention. But they help guide me in my weird and wonderful quest, a lonely quest at times, perhaps not understood by most, but something I feel compelled to do that I think is and will be important. Wow. So this guy is, like, really wholesome, and he's, like, legitimately doing this just because, like, he wants to, and he thinks that, like, it's important, which I think it is, because, like, this is just, like, like, if these things are happening to these people, like, I think it's important to fucking talk about it. I think so, so too. Yeah. Anywho, you can find Albert Rosales' works on Amazon. He's also done a few interviews on shows such as Greg Bishop's Radio Mysterio. Um, he does plan to release more books, and he can be contacted at garuda79 at comcast.net or alberthumanoid at gmail.com if you want to send him an email. That is, like, literally on his Amazon profile, so, um, you know, he's Sick. obviously open to receiving <laughs> emails and messages and... So yeah, I'm going to do that. Wow. Very cool. Thank you for that. You're welcome. And again, thank you to Ren for doing all the fucking work for me. We are stoked to tell you about our first sponsor, Anchor. If you're like us and you want to start a podcast but have no idea where to start, listen up. So when we first decided to start a podcast, we were looking for a way to put your brain on weird out to the most people um without having to do the most work we are so happy that we found anchor because they distribute our show to apps like spotify and apple podcasts for us this means that our listeners can find us wherever they already listen without having to download anything new once you're ready to get going just create an account and start recording they have the tools you need to record and edit your podcast you can even edit on the go from your phone Anchor has everything you could possibly want, including free transition sounds and photos that you can use to build your show. Not only that, but you can start making money as soon as you release your first episode. The best part is that all of this is free. So if you want to make a podcast, go to anchor.fm and get started today. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M. By supporting them, you're supporting podcasts like us, too. All right. Yeah, that was great. Thank you. That's a lot of information. It was a lot of information. My brain hurt after I did all of it yesterday. Um, But I think it was mostly just because of that, because of that guy Alexander's story. Like, that was what, like, just 
melted my brain. Yeah. Oof. Um, Alexander, if you're out there, I'd love to get more information. Even though it was already a lot, I'd uh, like to figure out how the fuck this happened. Anyway, after after all that, uh, I was going to say I'm excited to uh, bring me back to reality with some okay. education. <laughs> I need Let's some, get like, back into the science of it all. Yeah, I need some hard science right now to bring me back to Earth. I'm not saying that Rosales's work isn't hard science, because it is. It's just really... It's a different type. Out there. It's a different type, yes. Wow. All right. Let's get medicated. Hell yeah. Okay. So last week I mentioned that we had some plants, um, some weed plants. Yeah. And I decided I kind of want to talk about why is it so hard to grow weed? Because my partner and I have tried a couple times and we just haven't gotten really good plants yet yeah and i was like i don't know i i always used to feel like weed was just kind of a plant Mm -hmm. but it's not it's way more than just like an easy growing plant yes it is not a succulent that you can just leave on your window and like water it like once a month Mm -hmm. so this article that i read on it actually um compared them to the devotion it takes to grow African violets. Oh. Which I am also trying to grow right now. Oh, nice. I have them in my window, and I've killed most of them, so. Oof. Well. But, whoops. Oopsie. That's okay. I just thought, I just thought that was funny. Yeah, that is funny. So, um, according to this article from allbud.com. Allbud. Allbud. There are actually easier and more difficult strains to grow. So it depends what strain you want to go with. One, there are two different types of plants that you can get. You can get regular plants and you can get auto flowers. Mm-hmm. So the difference between those two um, makes a different uh, a difference in how difficult it is to grow. There's a lot of debate on what actually is more difficult to grow yeah um so if you want to know more about that you can uh kind of look up the discord going on around that it's pretty funny wow okay <laughs> chaos yes okay so the big problem with growing weed is that a lot of people aren't successful with it and it's kind of an expensive hobby to start up so if you're not good at growing weed or you don't do enough research, it's just, like, a complete, like, waste of time and money because, like, you don't, like, end up with basically, like, anything, which sucks. So you need to make sure you have enough knowledge. You need to make sure you pick the right strain Mm -hmm. or... Type of plant. Yeah, the next, the right type of plant. And, like, the next thing, the next important step is, like, picking your seeds because... You can buy seeds, you can buy guaranteed female seeds, which will make it easier. But if you just get random seeds, there's a chance that the plant will be a male and it won't produce any bud. It'll just produce pollen and make your female plants full of seeds, which sucks. That does suck. Yes. So... No, thank you. That sucks. And then... Basically, the other thing that weed is really picky about is water. Mm -hmm. Um, They, like, need just enough water to, like, stay fully hydrated, but you can't water them too much 
because if you water them too much, there's a chance that you'll just pull all of the nutrients out of the soil and it'll just drain out of the bottom of your bucket, which is just taking food away from your plant. Yeah. So that's another thing. And like the watering schedule, how much you water changes like every single day, basically, as your plant is growing. So people don't get it, you know, past a few weeks because they just overwater it or underwater it. Yeah. (sighs) So that also sucks. (laughs) Jeez. So already growing weed is a lot of work. Yes. Um, And then you have to worry about things like nutrients. (laughs) There are nutrients that you can like just buy separate things and you have to mix them yourself, which adds another degree of like understanding and difficulty. Or you can just use like store-bought like soil and like have your own nutrients like in that already and like not worry about it. The next thing is like light. Mm -hmm. Weed plants are very, very picky about light. If you have a light source that's, like, too far away from your plant, they'll, like, stretch out and, like, fall over. And if it's too close, they'll just burn. <sighs> Jesus. Um, and that's, like, indoors and outdoors. Like, if, you're, if your plant gets too much sun outside every day, like, the leaves will just burn. Just because. <laughs> Jeez, man. Picky, picky lads. Picky, picky lads. And then the one other thing that they're really picky about is air circulation. So if you don't have enough air circulation, the plants can't regulate their temperature well. They will, like, start to mold. Like, if if it, like, doesn't keep the air going, you can, like, get bugs that like to settle into like the mildew spots because it's so such an easy plant to like for it to start to mold yeah (sighs) so basically weed is really fucking hard to grow yeah those are all the reasons why that it's really hard to grow so if you ever wonder like why a plant is so expensive there's a lot of time and a lot of effort and a lot of science that goes into growing And it's definitely not something that you can just jump into and hope that you can produce, but that's, like, the quality of, like, a professional dispensary or anything like that. Yeah. Because you probably can't. Yeah, without, like, a ton of dedication and a ton of work and a ton of, like, investing, essentially. Yeah. Because, like, you guys invested in, like, a fucking contraption for all of this, didn't you, essentially? Yes. Like... (laughs) And we ended up with some really sad-looking girls, and despite doing everything right, we still didn't buy our seeds from a good source, so we just ended up with really bad genetics, and they, like, just never had a chance to be in with. Oh, yeah. That does suck. (laughs) Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. All right. Well, that all makes sense. Yeah. So take a time to appreciate the people who grow your weed. Yes. This has been medication. And if you want to try and grow it at home, it's hard as fuck. It's hard as fuck. <laughs> Check your local regulations on how many plants you can legally have, too. That, too. If you're even allowed to have them. Yes. Well, thank you. <sighs> yeah. You're that welcome. was cool. Because uh, Jeff and I have been talking about maybe starting to grow a couple. Just see what happens. So Yeah, yeah. Um, and like if you know someone that grows and has clones available, that's a really good option mm-hmm. because they'll be they'll already be three to four weeks old and 
basically you've gotten past the like the hardest point oh which is growing them from a seed yeah okay that makes sense and that's what we're gonna try next yeah 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 well let me know how it goes i will i will i will keep <laughs> everyone updated sick all right i will also take a barn hit oh yeah Someone told me that there is another podcast, I don't remember which one it is, that uh, has started taking audible bong hits on their on their show. Oh, hell yeah. Trendsetters. Woo! <laughs> I don't know if it was necessarily that, because I think that, like, the date on the episode was, like, pretty recent after we released our first one. So I don't think it was that, but it's still really cool. Trendsetters called it. No, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say. <laughs> but yeah, that's really cool too. That's really cool. I've talked to Sophia a couple of times and she said one of the things that she loves is <laughs> the fact that we take bong rips on the show. Nice. <laughs> She's like, yeah, I love that. I love that so much. And I was like, wow, thanks. <laughs> well, I'm not gonna mute it. I'm not either. It just ambiance ASMR. <laughs> we actually double as a weird ambient ASMR channel. We had thunder last week. We have bomb <sighs> rips intermittent. That's true. We say that we don't like ASMR, but we're we're contributing. It's, it's not the same. And we don't whisper. We mostly yell. That's true. We were literally talking about this. Oh my god. We were talking about this like before we started recording, how we just yell so much. And it's really hard to regulate the volume when I do the audio. <laughs> so we're sorry, I guess. I'm, I'm not, not really sorry. sorry. I get We get excited. Just be planned to turn down your volume at any point. Whoops. Whoops. Good shit. <laughs> Love that. Love it. I've always loved some good yelling. It's very cathartic. It's just, you know. I do know. I do know. I love yelling. <laughs> Nick doesn't like my yelling so much and frequently tells me to stop yelling, usually directly in his ear. I mean, I do that to Jeff literally this weekend. Yeah. You're really excited right now. And hey, I really don't want to be mean, but I'm sitting like with my knees touching you. <sighs> I can't control the excitement. I yeah, you know, it, it. yeah. We're just so passionate. So passionate. Passionate. About weird stuff and weed. Yes. Yes. Both of those things. So thank you for listening to our podcast about weird stuff and weed. <laughs> yes. So much weird stuff. So much weed. Yeah. If you have any weird stories that you would like to tell us, please send them to us at yourbrainonweird at gmail.com. And we will feature them on our little weird episodes that come out the last Wednesday of every month. Oh, yeah. You can also Facebook message us, I guess. Is that a thing? I don't know. I think it is. Yeah. Our email is attached to our Facebook. So you can just Perfect. go on our Facebook to find our email if you don't feel like typing. Yes. But then you'll still have to type the email. So. Mm. But if you don't feel like doing that, you can find us on Twitter <laughs> at weird underscore pod. That's a very good place to contact us, actually. And that's yeah. much less typing. <laughs> Correct. You only get, what is it, 240 characters now? Yeah. Yeah, you only get 240, so, you know, no pressure. At weird underscore pod. Or on Instagram at YBOW podcast. And please rate us on iTunes, Apple. I think it's the same. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. Apple Podcasts, yeah. I think please, it's that, sure. Please leave us a rating there if you like us or over on our Facebook page. We really appreciate it. Yeah. And I think that's it. 
Oh, yes. We also have a Patreon where you can find us and subscribe for bonus content and early access to episodes a full 24 hours early for as low as $5 a month. That is the pitch. And every dollar is going towards getting us some better audio equipment. Yeah. 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 Also a uh, an EVP recorder. Yes. Eventually. Yes. As well. <clears throat> Eventually. And additionally, too. So thank you. Thank you. Do you have anything else to say? I don't think so, man. All right. Well... I'm Sam. I'm Jess. And this has been Your Brain on Weird. Bye. Bye.